Hello, everybody, and welcome to this fresh episode of Murder Blows. My name is Sasha, and it's after Thanksgiving. Our bellies are full. Your bellies are full. That's a lie. It's not after Thanksgiving in this time, but you know what? We're preparing ahead because we love you. So, bellies are full. And what makes our hearts more full than turkey? Unsolved mysteries. In this post-Thanksgiving episode of Murder Blows, we're here to tell you about our randomly selected episodes of Unsolved Mysteries. It's kind of great. I forgot how great that show is. I'm going to mainline it for the rest of my life. Luckily, I'm not the only one telling you stories today. You are also joined by... Cody. Maisie. And Violet. Cue that intro music. That's my cue. Okay, here it goes. Recording, and it appears that levels are happening. Cool. I also don't have to ask if we're recording. <laughs> yes, that's like my favorite part of every episode, though. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> deep... are we recording? <laughs> we're recording. Thank you. It's thank like you. deep dark secret. Wait, are we recording? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So, how's everyone's week been? Not as shit as could be. Much better than shit. Also. (laughs) Sorry, that I say ASMR got me. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Oh no. This is bad ASMR. Sorry, I made my hot toddy too strong. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I just anyway. wanted to apologize for saying fuck so much from the last two episodes because I said it a lot. I didn't notice. I had yeah, to put an anxiety jacket on my dog. Oh, why? <laughs> um, my week has been good. I'm on shift number six out of eight, so I'm almost done. Heck yeah. In a row. Um, We're going to see 21 Pilots literally tomorrow, so that will Whoa. be Oh, hell yeah. That's going to be a great show. We saw them in, like, 2012 at some little place in North Carolina where nobody knew them, and it was, like, one of the best shows I've ever been to. Was it the Orangery? Ooh. Orange Peel. Orange Peel? (laughs) Orangery. Where did I get Orangery from? That's the name of something. Did you say Orange Tree or the Orangery? Number two. Oh, okay. I was hoping so. I like that way better. No, I don't know, but it was a great show. They had, like, they had a breakdancing competition, and at this, like, and then they gave out, like, plywood boards to the crowd, and then told them to hold them over their head, and the drummer got on one, and then the singer got on the other, because 21 Pilots is just two guys, and they did, like, a drum-off on the crowd. It was nuts. So, I'm excited. <laughs> but other than that, just been watching Unsolved Mysteries. Whoop, whoop. 
as soon as you guys said Unsolved Mysteries, I was like, I know what case because I had them saved <laughs> and I kept it on my iPad. Like I kept it downloaded so that I could refer back to it at any time. And it was so it. exciting. So I watched it today and took a bunch of notes. And then I did some additional research on it because I wanted to see what happened. Damn. Before we go down that rabbit hole, an orangery is a 17th century greenhouse meant for the conservation of uh, something fancy and a restaurant in Knoxville. So I am not insane. <laughs> no, I was going to say it's a restaurant in Knoxville. It's by Jerry's Artorama. It is by Jerry's Artorama. It used to be by Rick's Guitar Thing too, right? Rick's music, and that's where I bought my first guitar. Anyway, Unsolved Mysteries. Cody, I think you went ham. I did not go as ham, so I'm glad you're going first. Okay. Well. <laughs> okay. Because oh. I'm... <laughs> I've been saving this story all day, you guys. I've had a crazy week. Oh. Okay, yes. But it's not actually... It has nothing to do with... My week's been fine. My boyfriend was here. We did awesome stuff. We went and saw Halloween. Anyways, that's not the point. I started playing this game with a coworker. Broke. She doesn't listen to the podcast, so whatever. But <laughs> um, where I was like, I'm going to start describing or telling you a movie and some of the actors, and I want you to describe the movie plot to me or what you think the movie plot is because she hasn't seen, like, anything. Right? This is not going to be as funny. Do you ever start a story and then you're like, oh no, this is only funny to me. (laughs) No, it's funny. I just have a mouthful of potato. Also, I am Brooke as a person. So I was like, like, all right, let's start The Departed. And I'll bring Matt Damon, Mark Wahlberg, Jack Nicholson, and Louis DiCaprio. No. (laughs) (laughs) I called him Louis DiCaprio. I will not allow it. And I didn't correct myself. Everyone looked at me and they were like, you mean Leonardo DiCaprio? And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> oh no. Louis. That's literally the only story I really wanted to share tonight. I'm really glad wow. you shared that. That was actually nice. the tale of Louis DiCaprio. I'm a Nobody little jealous that you get... It. I'm jealous that you get to name every episode because you're funnier. <laughs> I like that he was last and Louis DiCaprio. <laughs> because that was like, here's the stinger because everyone loves Louis DiCaprio. <laughs> I'm sure they want to be right. real. <laughs> That's well, pretty great. It's pretty so was like. So do we want to share the concept of why we keep saying unsolved mysteries? Yes, I think that would help. Yeah. Let's so, solve this mystery. First, one, we <laughs> love unsolved mysteries. Two, our lives have been... I'll speak for myself. My life has been f- crazy. Three, we gotta put out an episode. <laughs> so mm-hmm. this is the idea I came up with. <laughs> Take it away, Maisie. <laughs> wow, you're killing it. Just because we're both holding food and trying to eat at the same time. Um, yeah, it's my turn to eat. Oh, fair. Okay, fine. So, oh, Sasha was like, we need to record. We said, what are we going to do? And she just said, unsolved mysteries. We thought it was interesting or liked. It is not really in the topics that we talked about about or maybe it is it, we said to go buck wild mother lovers to quote sasha 
So this episode, each of us is going to tell you a story or to talk about a case from an Unsolved Mysteries episode. And I'm pretty excited because I grew up watching Unsolved Mysteries and oh my lord. I think most of us did and that's why this is going to be pretty great. I knew I was going to fuck it up. <laughs> You're not going to fuck it up? How would you fuck it up? I didn't because know. I googled one thing. Because I... information I got from the episode. I wrote down everything about every case. <laughs> what and do you mine mean? had five. Okay. Well, if it gets too long, we'll just make this like two episodes. Oh wait, so. guys! Fuck! Wait a minute. What are are we doing? <laughs> Shit! <laughs> I'm very interested. Okay, what I wrote in the chat. Let me pull it up verbatim. But I'm pretty sure it said, "Let's all watch an uns." Uh, I think there was a typo in it too. Let's all watch an episode of Unsolved Mysteries and tell each other about it. Okay, I literally picked one case out of one episode. So, <laughs> but you took you took notes and googled. Violet yeah. took notes on everything. Yeah, five cases. Well, Cody has a quarter. <laughs> Cody has four pages. Episode. Yeah, but it's just one case out of one episode. I did squats and picked an episode at random, and I'm like, can't wait to tell these bitches what fucking shit this happened. So, <laughs> like, well, we all did it differently. Yeah. So, so I'll go last. We probably all picked a different case. Hopefully. <laughs> and it's all done differently. I need to confirm my case in episode. Hold on, I'm gonna eat while I do that. Boy, howdy. It's a toughie. I even have a picture for the Insta and Twitter. This is so funny, guys. So, I I picked a case. I was gonna do like Maisie and Cody did. I picked a, a solo case, and I was like, yes, this is the one. But I don't know why I brain farted, and I was like, I'll just watch this one episode of Unsolved Mysteries, and I was like, oh my god, there's like five. Now I'm second-guessing <laughs> myself. So then I like panicked, and I was like, no, I'll pick this case that I was gonna do. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. It's dumb. This one's right after that one. I'll just watch this one and take notes on everything. <laughs> that You did it right, though, apparently. That's so funny. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't think I... Well, and like I said, it's four and a quarter. So this episode had five cases, but one I thought was boring, so I just didn't pay attention. There's always a boring one. Yeah. I know, this one was about... Like... This one was about, uh... Oh, what's his name? I wrote it down. The Lost Dutchman's Mine. And his name was, like, Yatzer Dutchman or something. And he buried gold in the Superstition Mountains in Arizona. I was like, ugh, snore. <laughs> I'm out of it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And then I was going to do Lizzie Borden. <laughs> but, so, I wanted to do a cult one. Because I haven't done a cult in a, in a, in a, in a blue moon. I, I don't remember the last time I did a cult. So then I found one, but I'm just going to use it for another case because it's massive and huge and I couldn't find the episode, so I'm just going to do research about it. And Anyways, started from the bottom and now I am here. You guys Thank ready you. for this? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. This is from Season 7, Episode 11, and it is the very first story that comes on. So I don't even know what the rest of the stories were. Um, and it's a missing persons case because I love missing persons cases. In May 1994 in San Marino, California, a backyard swimming pool workers, human pieces of the skeleton, like bones, and three separate plastic bags. So 
we have to go back to 1985. Uh, two people were reported missing from the house where the pool was being dug. Um, it was John Sohas. I, I really hope I say his last name right, but John Sohas and wife Linda were in their were in their late twenties, and they had been missing for approximately ten years. Um, John and Linda lived with John's mother in the mother's house, and the mother's name was Dee Dee Sohas. Dee Dee was an alcoholic. Take strong note on that. And they also had a guest house on this property, and there was a tenant living in the guest house, and his name was Christopher Chichester. So you had Dee Dee, the mother, and her son, John, and his wife, Linda, was living in one house. And then you had a guest house with Christopher Chichester. And John and Linda wanted a place of their own. They were sick of living with alcoholic Dee Dee mother. And I guess she was like a pack rat. She chain smoked. <laughs> Oh, she sounds like a trip. She sounds uh, they, like me. <laughs> Did anybody I'm else think pilot. of Dexter's laboratory when Cody is saying Dee Dee? Dee Dee, do not come into my laboratory. Omelette de fromage. You're welcome. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so John and Linda wanted a place of their own, and John was a computer programmer, and Linda was an artist. And friends said that they were a happy couple. There were no problems, anything like that. And in early 1985, Linda announced that her and John had been asked to interview for an for important new jobs with the federal government. And they didn't release any details about this except for they had to leave California for two weeks and go to New York. And two weeks went by, and the return date for them came and went, and Linda and John never returned home and Linda had boarded her six cats before leaving she paid in advance for a two-week stay for the cats but after eight weeks the cats were still there and her friend said she loved her cats and she wouldn't have left them six cats though cats sharing a house with Dee, Dee the pack rat her husband John and then the other guy okay Oh, my God. Everyone heard the cat, right? Yeah. <laughs> crazy. Crazy. <laughs> Linda is certain it is time to get fed. It is not. It is not. <laughs> Cats can't tell time. Linda's sister, Kathy, was contacted by the kennel, and she was alarmed that the cats were still there. So Linda called Dee Dee, and Dee Dee was drunk. And she said, I'm not supposed to tell you anything. And then she said the word mission, like they're on a mission, like a secret mission. And she, he kept calling, Linda's sister kept calling Dee Dee, and she'd get like a similar but different story each time. And she said that it depended how drunk Dee Dee was, like how the story went. Some of them were like really wild because she was so drunk. Um, in April of 1985, Linda's family filed a missing, missing persons report on Linda. And the San Marino police went to Dee Dee's house. Dee Dee said they weren't missing. They were on a secret mission. And Dee Dee had a source for this secret mission, but she wouldn't say who it was. And there was no evidence of foul play, so the police didn't investigate further. 
Three months after that, Linda's friend received a postcard in the mail, and it was mailed from France. And it said, Dear Sue, kind of miss New York. Oops, but this can be lived with. The postcard was from John and Linda, and it was sent from Paris. And it was very vague, and it didn't sound like her. And then Linda's other family member also got a postcard from Paris, France, and it was also very vague. It just said, basically, we're in Paris. Didn't say what for. That was it. Three months after refusing to help police, the alcoholic Mother D finally got concerned, and she filed a missing persons report on John and Linda. Um, let's see here. He, the, what she said was basically that um, their mail was going through the source that she was talking about and the secret mission. And she got concerned and finally contacted the police because the source that she had been getting her information from disappeared. So she finally revealed the source as Christopher Chichester, which was the guest house tenant. So apparently he had moved from her guest house and left no address of where he went. And she noticed John's truck was missing, but she didn't know when it disappeared because, of course, she's drunk all the time. So this investigation, of course, stalled with no more info. Uh, Dee Dee sold her house and moved to a trailer park, and she ended up dying in February 1988. The fate of her son is still a mystery. So nine months later, John's truck turns up in Connecticut. A man calling himself Christopher Crow had tried to sell the truck to the son of a local minister. He didn't have the title, so he referred the minister's son to the California DMV. He decided not to, the minister's son decided not to purchase the truck because there was an outstanding lien on the truck. Chichester and Crow proved to be the same individuals. So this Ty Tester tenant guy stole the truck, went to Connecticut, and changed his last name to Crow and tried to sell the truck without a title. So this Ty Tester Crow guy vanishes again, and the investigation stalled until the bones were recovered when they were digging the swimming pool of this house that they all used to live in in May of 1994. Um, the remains that were found were consistent with the description of John Sohas, but there were no, he had no dental records, so they couldn't prove it. There were no bullet holes, um, but the bones were found in three separate plastic bags, and the head was also separated, separated so they can, they, like, were like, this is probably a homicide. Uh, the detectives used luminol in the guest house where this Christopher... Chichester Crow guy lived, and they found a huge, massive blood stain, what was thought to be a blood stain on the floor, but they couldn't prove it was John's or Linda's blood because this was a long time ago. John and Linda are still missing, and Linda's sister thinks it was possible for them to pick up and leave for good, but 10 years had went by, and she, she was like, I don't think my sister just wouldn't talk to me for 10 years. Um, and then... The kennel worker stated that in June of 1985, a woman showed up and asked for Linda's cat. The kennel owner complied because she was faced with 
like the abandonment of these cats and she was going to have to euthanize them. So she didn't get the woman's ID. She don't know, she doesn't know who the woman was. She never saw the woman again, but she just turned over the six cats to this, this random woman who showed up. So I don't know who this woman was or how she knew to get these cats from the kennel, but she showed up and she took them. Um, <laughs> this is where it gets, it gets to the kind of, this is one of those unsolved mysteries where there was a update at the end, um, which was good because it basically left you with like, we think these bones are John's. We don't know for sure that other tenant is going by like four different names and he's kind of all over the country. Well, after 20 years, fingerprints proved that a man calling himself Clark Rockefeller was in fact Christian Gerhardt Strider. And this is the same person that was also for Christopher Chyster and Christopher Crow. So he had used a million different names and he was, this came out of a Boston newspaper. He was um, eventually convicted of the murder of John and sentenced. But how he was convicted was he kept scamming people and they kept turning him in and they kept turning him in under different names. But he was also arrested for abducting his seven-year-old daughter. So they took him to trial because they found a bunch of neighbors from, what, 1984 or whenever this happened, um, to say, like, at the trial, one neighbor said that there was strange colored smoke coming from the chimney at the time of the murders. Um, I guess he asked friends where he could dispose of these drums that were filled with chemicals, and John's remains were also found in one of these metal drums. During the time of the murder, he borrowed a chainsaw from his neighbor. He tried to sell a bloodstained rug to a friend. Around the same time of the murder, a friend noticed the ground near the guest house had been dug up, and this is where John's bones were found, and two additional bag, bags of bones were obtained from a, two different universities that he attended. And on April 10th of 2013, this Christopher Chichester Crow Christian Rockefeller, whatever his name is, uh, was convicted by an L.A. jury of first-degree murder for John. There's still no Linda, but police believe she is dead, and he got 27 years to life. So, that's my unsolved mystery story. I hope so, it made sense, since I yeah. was on the upside down. One of my biggest fears that it was just re-triggered is like falling into a hole that they're digging for a swimming pool and then getting buried alive in concrete. So thanks for reawakening that for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I just, a missing persons cases are like, how do people completely disappear? And like, did they go to New York? Like people, like there was a picture of them in their car getting ready to leave. Like was the mother in on it? Like, I guess the mother and him didn't, and John didn't get along. It's where did the girl go? And who sent postcards from Paris? And this guy, this tenant guy, he was an or originally from Germany. So, so many questions. Just crazy. I mean, yes. I'm getting real, um, 
that um, imposter syndrome guy vibes with the number of names he had. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He had so many names. I couldn't keep up. So that's my story. Dang. Way to start us off. Poor babies. I know, but at least somebody got them. I don't know who. Nobody knows who. The guardian kitten angel. So if you want a kennel <laughs> lesson of the podcast. That's my thing. I had to fill out like a six page essay style like form to adopt Lydia. They were like, why do you want to adopt this cat in particular? And I was like, is this where I get sappy? Like, do you guys really want my like sob story of like, <laughs> like lay off me? Jeez. How lonely I am and like how beautiful she was and she caught my attention like as I walked in the door. Like, what do you want from me? I just want to take her home. Let me hang out with her. She's being so, so good right now, though. Oh. <laughs> she gets here. Let's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I pet her. Oh, my goodness. Well, so my thing with Unsolved Mysteries, okay, is I love when they're like, update, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I love the updates, because I'm always like, oh, man, this is where you're going to tell me. But I was watching an episode one time, and they're like, update. There is no update, really. We found this, but still, eh? My favorite updates are the one where it's like, like, this person murdered three people, and he served 20 years in jail, <gasps> and has since been released. And I'm like, oh, what? my God. So in the first episode I watched, that was the case. This guy, like, okay, this guy uh, shot this his ex-wife's new boyfriend, like three times, punctured his heart. The man almost died. He oh. abused his wife constantly. He got arrested seven times prior and was always let go because Another the charges were mysteriously lovers. dropped because he was paying off the police. And then, <clears throat> and then uh, he, after shooting his ex-wife's new boyfriend, he abducted his ex-wife, beat her, raped her, like, assaulted her. He had, like, seven different charges, and he only served ten years. Oh, jeez. My favorite uh, Unsolved Mysteries updates are when they're like, the viewers at home saw this episode and called in, because that's, like, my wet dream. Right? (laughs) That I'm, like, watching something, and then I see it in real life. I'm like, oh my god. Like, uh, did I tell you guys about Yellow Wolf? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> this is totally unrelated, kind of. <laughs> Yellow Wolf comes to my job. He's been there twice now. Am For I those of you that it? don't... He's a rapper. Oh. Okay, great. I'm Anyways. <laughs> yeah, he's great. And I saw him, I was like, that guy looks straight up like Yellow Wolf. And you I were like, yo, that... dude, are you <laughs> No, so I tried. I walked up to him because I was like, I think his real name is Michael. And that was the name on, like, his drinks and stuff. And so I walked over and I was like, uh, hi, are you Michael? And he was like, yeah, is that my cup of ice? <laughs> and I was like, mm, mm-hmm. Also, just real quick, he's like, I'm still waiting on banana nut bread. And I was like, I'll get that right for you. And Aww. I just couldn't I'll tell you Yellow know. Wolf. <laughs> I'll have you know that the first result that comes up for Yellow Wolf is Yellow Wolf, or he, Manet, Mox Mox, born 1855, died August 1935 with a Nez Pierce warrior who is a Native American. (laughs) And before, Violet's just seeing a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, 
he is wearing a tight vest that looks like what my grandpa would wear. Who was Native American. <laughs> Let me clarify. I'm not being racist. Or am I? Uh, let's I see what... still get excited about, like, whenever, like, they're like, have you seen this person? I'm like, have I? And then I'm like, oh, this is Oh, this aired in 19... <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah came home. So I did my workout while I was watching this movie or show, because that's what I do now. I don't have time to watch TV and workout, so I do them at the same time. Interesting. Is his name Yellow Wolf or Yellow Wolf? Yellow Wolf. Yeah, yellow. <laughs> yellow Wolf. That explains my Google. Um. <laughs> but when I hit images, it was just like yellow. Like cartoon. <laughs> this bitch has face tattoos. How could you not Whoa. know if it is him? Not a bitch. A very nice man who comes in with his children. Complains about banana bread, so really great. Yellow orders, Wolf, yeah. if you're a fan, I think yeah. you're great. And he Does says he something real here? nice to her. Huh? Does he live here? I don't know. I saw him in Knoxville perform. He has face tattoos, unless these are fake. Some of them do not. Some of these pictures do not have face tattoos. A lot of them do. Okay. Sorry. You're not born with face tattoos. No <laughs> You're not. <shit. laughs> Says he's from Gadsden, Alabama. Well, I see him in my store all the time. And Yellow Wolf, if you're a fan, I'm a fan too. Let's hang out. Let's collab. Okay. I would love to have Next Yellow Wolf. Violet has face tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Post Malone, I need you to calm it down. <laughs> Early life, musical career. Is there like a... And then he moved to... Wherever that place is that we live. Hi, welcome to the Yellow Wolf episode. Secretly disguised oh. as the Unsolved He spent Mysteries much episode. of his time in Antioch, Tennessee, and attended Carter Lawrence Elementary School in Nashville. Whoa, Antioch. <laughs> Whoa. I've lived there. It's okay. It is now. <laughs> it was yeah. not probably when me and Yellow Wolf went to <laughs> elementary school. I did not go to the same elementary school as Yellow Wolf. I would like to clarify. <laughs> Maisie, this picture. <laughs> anyway, I'm doing squats and watching Unsolved Mysteries. My husband comes home and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> bettering my life, Jeremiah. Squats bettering and Unsolved life. What does it look like I'm doing? Oh my gosh, he saw a reenactment of uh, the child molester that they were looking for on FBI's Most Wanted, and he was like, that guy is creepy. And I'm like, oh, it's just a reenactment. And then we saw the real picture, and I'm like, oh, hell no, it is accurate. Ooh. Cody, who was the host on your episode that you did? Um, What's his face? The original guy. The normal Robert guy. Stack? Is yeah. it Robert Stack? Robert Stack. I was going to say Robert Slack, but I was like, that's not right. That's not, don't that's say not that. right. Robert Slack. <laughs> Louis DiCaprio. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Call back. Oh, to ten minutes ago. Um, yeah, so I can tell you about the episode I watched, but it will not be as good as what Cody did. So, this is what... No, do it! That's a game! Oh! <laughs> This is what watching TV with Sasha is like. So I, I wanted to, uh, so I remember that Unsolved Mysteries, 
got weird towards the end. Like, they they started running out of shit to talk about. And so it was mm-hmm. always about ESP. And I was like, those, I don't, mm, don't care. I thought I was muted. Okay, I'm not. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to go early. So I went season three. And I, I just, like, I was scrolling through. And it, it caught my eye because the episode name of the title was The Real Twin Peaks. And the only thing I know about Twin Peaks is that it is a really shitty wing restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) I know it was also a TV show. I know it's a TV show. I know there was a bunch of murders that happened there also. We went to that restaurant. We did. broke me. Absolutely broke me. Because... I was like, oh, she's going to talk about David Lynch and what a weirdo he is and how, like, I just expected a tangent. And then you were like, (laughs) that shitty wing restaurant. And it just broke me because that's one of my favorite places to eat in Knoxville. (laughs) I mean, you can't say that their food is great, though. No, it's Lumberjack Hooters, and I've only eaten there, slightly intoxicated. Or did I eat there with you, Maisie? Yeah, the three of us Oh, yeah. That's Our callback got... picture that we share every year was taken. What did we call of... it? What did we call it? Phase 2K Phase 16? Something like that. I thought it was no. 15. It's but... only 15 because I was yeah. gone. Yeah. That was the first time I ever had fried egg on a hamburger and it changed my life. Oh, shit, fam. I'm Thanks glad to that we Peaks. were there for that. Thanks, Twin uh, Peaks. I, as always, try to get the chili right. burger, and it really doesn't work out. Aww. <laughs> as always. <laughs> Everybody knows I get the chili burger. <laughs> the bread gets soggy. The chili meat does not taste like ham- You just don't need that much meat anyway. I think me and Sasha have the same problem. Like, every every time we go out to eat, we get super excited, and then we get super let down because we don't get the right thing, or it's just, like, not good yeah. enough. I look across the table and someone's enjoying the F out of their coconut curry shrimp and here I am with this super fancy Vietnamese spring roll that I thought I wanted. So that's why I selected the episode. I'm glad that you guys talked about Googling, so I quickly Googled while Cody was talking my episode. Unsolved Mysteries told a skewed fucking story. <laughs> I got they some problems. Do. I, when I Googled, I found that she had five cats instead of six. But yeah. I just stuck with six because Unsolved Mysteries. So... <laughs> But also, I mean, who knows how many cats they really have. The I number of got... cats is in question. Yes. Mine's mine's worse. So here we go. Uh, apparently, this guy named uh, Danny Packett, at some point in his childhood, it was, I thought, late teens by the reenactment, but I keep getting older, and I have no idea how old kids are these days. Um, and he apparently like woke up one winter morning which problem with the reenactment there was no snow on the ground no one was wearing a jacket and the grass was bright green um (laughs) sorry i'll be a little less salty but uh yeah he woke up one morning couldn't find his mom he said his her heavy jacket and her purse was still there um so she wouldn't have left the house without it uh and then like he just looked and looked and looked he called his uncle and said i can't find my mom and they finally found her burned to death in the barn. Oh, no. So the barn wasn't burned down. The reenactment had several baby cows. Primo choice. 
Um, but you don't have baby cows in the winter. Baby cows are born in the spring. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, they... Thanks, Farmer Sasha. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I was like, how do you know that? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm here for your knowledge. I know that because I lived on a farm my whole life. But... See? Uh, and, I mean, they're born whenever you let them do the thing that gets right. them to... But most farmers wait until the spring. Um, so the calves don't freeze to death. Oh, in the north science, which is where this took place. So uh, they eventually ruled her death a suicide. Like oh, they always do that. Who sets themselves on fire? Anyway, they think that they covered that death up because two other women were uh, kidnapped, raped, and murdered that uh, that summer before in the same area. So wanted to keep that on the DL but anyway so the kid grows up Danny and oh hold on inconsistency number one this article says that the body was raped which not the body the woman was raped but like that was not mentioned in Unsolved Mysteries and explain how you commit suicide never mind don't want to know um, I don't think they brought up rape on Unsolved Mysteries very often because it was like a prime time yeah, sure. they say child molester you know? a lot and assaulted, so maybe that's why. But yeah, rolled a suicide, kid grows up, uh, he uh, has a, a family of his own, does something to piss off his wife, and his wife divorces him, and he loses complete custody of his kids, so he kind of goes psycho, and he goes to jail, um, and in jail, they make him go under, like, the psychiatric... What's the therapy called? Evaluation. Hypnosis. Hypnosis therapy. Where he suddenly remembers all these details about his mom's death, uh, including that there was a delivery man that was arguing with her, and he apparently was scared, so he went back to bed. That doesn't come back into the story at all. <laughs> I don't know why they tell it. But he gets out of jail. His brother pays all his bills. They're hanging out, having a good time. Brother, the guy gets a good job, and he's taking care of... Everything when he's shot through the heart while he's working on a tractor. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, I'll get into inconsistencies in a minute. So the story that Unsolved Mysteries uh, told was that he was shot through the heart, directly through it. Um, the first assumption was that because it was the first day of hunting season, he got hit by a stray bullet. Um, so they tested all of these things, and they found out that there were a group of hunters nearby, but for them to have shot him, the bullet would have had to travel over a mile, up a hill, like around two bulldozers, <laughs> through his heart, and then a, the bullet lodged into a telephone wire? I think so I that, remember this one. Yeah, it's weird. So obviously that's not what happened, um, but no one knew what happened. Woo! Uh, and then there's an update. I almost missed it because I was planking, and it was a text-only update. They didn't, like, they were like, eh. But it turns out that Danny Packett's stepdaughter's ex-boyfriend shot him through the heart with a sniper rifle. Whoa. So I, was like, I was muted, but I just went, damn! <laughs> right, so it seems a little weird, like, no motive, Me too, right? amazing. <laughs> I was muted enough, I was like, Damn! <laughs> So, the inconsistencies, though, is apparently the stepdaughter claims to have been uh, molested. They moved away to Alaska to avoid him. 
Uh, they moved back into town but didn't want to tell him he was there. And so that's when she confided in her boyfriend and then he promised to kill him and then he did. So that is that story. Dang. Jeez. Who is your host for this one, Sasha? Just the normal guy, right? I didn't Forever know they changed. Stacked. Yeah, I didn't know they changed. Is it Ferris I haven't watched... is the second one? I don't watch any of the new ones. I don't like Dennis Farina. Yeah, Yeah. it's not Unsolved Mysteries without Robert Stack or Slack, whatever you want to call it. Stack. I like Dennis Farina. That's Nick's mom from New Girl. Dad. Nick's dad from New Girl. (laughs) Is it really? Yeah. You have to remember, I'm old, so I was watching them like as they were on air, like as they were coming out. So when they changed it, I was just like, no. Guys, did you know that there are seven Unsolved Mystery specials? What do you mean? Like episodes that are not normal episodes? Like when we do Halloween editions? Yes. Cool. I'm googling. There's like a bunch. They're like an hour and a half long, I think. And they'll do like ghosts on Halloween. and. Oh, I love it. I've been looking at pictures of the hosts, like, as I Google things, and I'm just so jealous that he gets to wear a trench coat and walk down spooky alleys and do photo shoots. (laughs) So jealous. Maybe he had a green screen. (gasps) That would suck. Ooh, 27 things you probably didn't know about Unsolved Mysteries. It wasn't always hosted by Robert Stack. <laughs> no, I knew that. Yeah, we, we, we've confirmed that theory. <laughs> in the early episodes, the shows didn't use uh, actors in the reenactments. Really? They used to be tough on the people, yeah. Yeah, they used real people. Like, the beginning of my episode was like, where possible, we use real people. And I'm like, yes. that's rough. <laughs> Aw, that makes sense. One of my cases, it's not sad. It's really goofy. We love Unsolved Mysteries, and you do too. You know what we should have listeners do? What? Watch Unsolved Mysteries and tell us the stories. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us your favorite Unsolved Mysteries. Just take a five-minute story time with us. Send us your audio clip. Tell us about your favorite episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Tell me if you can find the Slenderman one. Ten listener points for that. My favorite episode ever is when the bunk beds were haunted by ghosts. What? I don't remember that one. <laughs> yeah, I have to find it. I don't know which one it is, but this this father bought these bunk beds for their kids and like their house became possessed. And at the end of the episode he had to take the bunk beds out and burn them because they were possessed by demons. Amityville horror. I got it. What? I was just saying that sounds like the plot of one of those movies. Oh. It does. But then I was also making fun of myself for not being able to say Amityville. Yes, <laughs> which I still can't say. <laughs> You're like, say that word I will never say again. I was going to say, I've done Amityville technically in two episodes, so y'all should be up to date on the Amityville. Y'all. Doesn't mean I can say it. Fair. Fair point. Do you have more stories, Sasha? Uh, no, I mean, that. there was more. There was a child molester, but they caught him. And Good. 
They did they a segment them. on uh, identical twins and ESP though, which I thought was soothing, and I think it's fascinating. And I wish I had a twin. The end. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, but sometimes, not all the time. I don't know. <laughs> I mean. Actually, I just answered my own question. I was like, do you ever get bored of yourself? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> all, by, all, all in your own head, you answered your own question. <laughs> yes. Hi, I have conversations with myself. I like it. Um, so I think three of these are like really in-depth, so I'll try and cut it down. The one I wanted to be in-depth really wasn't, but it's my favorite. Um, anyways... I picked season three, episode 16. Mine was Dennis Farina. Yeah, buddy. That's his name. Um, yeah, he's great. Uh, he was also in Snatch. Has anyone ever seen Snatch? Yeah, with Amy. Uh... Nope. Nope. <laughs> That's no. Snatched. Oh. <laughs> There's a movie <laughs> with Brad Pitt and uh, Dennis Farina. And... Uh, uh, Benicio del Toro called Snatch. Just straight you ever Snatch. I feel like your movie knowledge isn't ever going to be good, good enough. Because that's me, every day. I, I feel like my movie knowledge is too good, and that no one cares. So, <laughs> it makes you feel any better. I just want to watch that movie now. It's great, dude. Oh, it's so funny. Uh, it's a Guy Ritchie film. I'm pretty sure. Did like lock sock and two smoking barrels. See, this is like what is this gonna help me? A, a serial killer is gonna be like, name me three Benicio del Toro movies. And I'm like, oh, I got it. <laughs> no. Uh, so I picked season three, episode 16. I even wrote the names of all the segments. So this one is called Unexplained Death. Uh, it happened on May 14th, 1991, at 5 30 a.m. at Vitter, Texas. At Vitter, not in. Um, a woman was found dead in a crash car in a ditch. Um, her body was found in, like, really questionable positions. Like, it didn't look like she had been in the car when it crashed. That's what they hinted at. Her name was Kathy Page. Um, only 100 yards away from home. The husband, Stephen Page, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and get my input out now, even though I wrote it down in a paragraph. He's a douche. Um, I definitely think he did it. Like, one I think he did it. Um, anyways, the body was found with no makeup or jewelry on, despite uh, her having putting both on before she left the house to supposedly have dinner with a girlfriend from work. Um, the cause of death was determined as a strangulation, uh, but police can confirm that she was not murdered in the vehicle, but rather placed there after the car was rolled uh pretty slowly into the ditch because the car wasn't that damaged um her like feet were really limp and it didn't look like she had been like pressing on the brake or anything <clears throat> uh they also found blood but not on top of her clothes um they also determined that she had had sex before she died and that's when they discovered the secret lover she had been having did i mention yeah she was married Stephen page uh, so they were like very estranged, like on rocky terms. Uh, her friends all say he was sleeping on the couch. They never spoke to each other unless they had to. <clears throat> um, so she had a secret lover that she went and saw that night, and he testified and gave a polygraph, and everything was kosher. Um, however, the test determined 
that the person that she had slept with uh, had had a vasectomy, which her secret lover had not, but her estranged husband, Stephen Page, had. Um, This is where, in the notes, I wrote, Steve Page is a douche. Uh, (laughs) He really is. Um, He said that he approached her for sex after she had gotten out of the shower while she was getting ready. She said no, and he said eventually she changed her mind. He said that, so they interview him in this episode. I should note that. He's like, people think I did it. Oh, yeah, he's real cocky. Like, he's a... (laughs) Yeah, he's a garbage person. Uh, But, um, yeah, he said that they did, and all of her friends were like, no way, there's no way she would have slept with Steve, especially if she was going to see this guy. Because she was, like, real into him. So, uh, also, James Fulton, her father, uh, was like, I don't know, they randomly, like, cut to him, and they're like, what do you think happened? He's like, oh, this is exactly how I think that night went down. So James Fulton provided, like, in my mind, like, the clearest picture of what had happened. So he thinks that she came home from this affair that she was having, right, at, like, two in the morning, you know, and, uh, Steve came in and saw her, uh, he had also made two phone calls, so, uh, one of her, the Kathy Page's friends worked for the phone company, and they said that Steve Page made a phone call to the hotel where she was sleeping with this guy. Um, so anyways, the dad thinks, found out that she was having an affair, um, And then she snuck through the back door. He surprised her, uh, started attacking her, and he raped her and then murdered her and then placed her in the vehicle after he crashed it. Um, And then it goes on. uh, There was, like I said, an interview with Steve, and these are his exact quotes. He says that he is being pinned because of his wife's actions and feels like he is being blamed for his wife being the awful person and having an affair. He said he did nothing wrong, but everyone thinks he's a murderer because he's the husband. Because you are, boy, you a nasty human and I hate you. Man, something about when you said that, like, there's no blood on her clothes, I was like, Yeah, so there was, like, no blood on the outside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what they're thinking is the reason why she didn't have, oh, that, I don't know if I wrote it in there, but... Uh, When they found her body, she had no makeup or jewelry on, despite, like, her having put it on uh, prior to leaving. And so her dad, I missed this part, sorry. Her dad thinks that she got home, went to take a shower to try and, like, clean up, and he attacked her while she was in the shower and then redressed her. Because the police also said that she was found without socks on, but dress shoes. Nobody wears dress shoes without socks. (laughs) yeah no for real Uh, though it's my I don't like it solved and like I said in the episode they interview the husband I definitely think he's guilty I didn't do any more research about the case but I guess I should have um so the next one was called the unexplained and this is my favorite (laughs) it was not what I thought it was going to be uh this happened in Winnipeg Canada on May 20th, which is my birthday, uh, 1967. 
Um, Steve Mikulek came from America or to America from Poland after World War II. Uh, he was even in the video or in the episode, just a delightful Jewish man. Oh, he melted my heart. He also was an avid rock collector. And, and then he proceeded to talk about how much he loved nature and animals and rocks. And it warmed my damn heart so much. <laughs> I think because he was an old Jewish man. Um, anyways, one day he was prospecting when he was distracted by a nosy flock of geese. Uh, he said he saw two cigarette-shaped lights with large domes on top and quickly uh, sat down and sketched out a drawing of it. Um, <laughs> he moved towards the aircraft, which had landed, uh, headed towards a bright purple light coming from an open space in the uh, aircraft, uh, which closed. He thought it was in a, uh, the Americans, like, um, doing experiments to prevent things like World War II from happening. I don't know. Um, but anyways, he started to approach the door, but then it closed and it started rotating. The whole ship started rotating. And that's when his shirt caught on fire. Uh, he tried to run back to his car. Uh, the whole time he was feeling sick and nauseous and he kept vomiting and throwing up everywhere. And it took him nine hours to get back to his car. After he got to his car, though, he immediately went to the hospital, and they found, they diagnosed him with burns, uh, but there were five concentric, concentric lines of five red dots on his lower abdomen. Ooh, Satan. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think that was one-off, one-off. Um and uh, they thought it was odd because he handed over his sketch of the UFO. And there was, like, in the opening, there were, like, similar patterns on the UFO as there were on his chest. Um, he was also sick for weeks and weeks after. And everyone, including the doctors, said he smelled like sulfur, like, constantly. Mm. Um, on June 30th, six weeks after uh, his... First incident. Uh, Stephen and a friend went out looking for the landing site and they finally found a large 30 foot circle of dead grass. They even found tree branches close by that looked like they had been scorched. Um, after every three months, his burns would flare up and he would get sick. So this like reoccurring thing just kept going. Uh, it said that he experienced the side effects up to 30 years after the incident. Um, he also went back um, to the landing site a year later with a couple of scientists and they took a Geiger counter up there. They also tested him for radiation poisoning and he was found negative for it. But they took a Geiger counter out there and they found this one little hole with a bunch of buried molten rocks right in the center of the landing site. Um, And I think he passed away. But everyone said that he would he loved to talk about it and he would let people touch his abdomen where he was burned and you could feel the burn still there. Ooh, weird. Yeah. That was my favorite, but just because the little Jewish man they interviewed was so precious. <laughs> pretty sure he's your spirit grandpa. I think so too. Even though my real grandpa is pretty cool too. 
this guy <laughs> got abducted, but he was like very cavalier about it. Like they were like, well, if you were actually abducted by aliens, you would be scared. He's like, but they didn't abduct me. I think they just marked me. I don't know. Damn. He was a nugget. <laughs> He's a little chicken nugget. Uh, the next one was called <laughs> Murder. And this took place in Chandler, Oklahoma. It did not give me a year, uh, but that it did happen at 8 p.m. This one was pretty crazy. So at 8 p.m., Highway Patrol shows up, and they have found a trucker that has been murdered. Dwayne, oh, I'm going to mess it up. McCorkendale. <gasps> Nailed it. Dwayne Nailed McCorkendale it. has been killed by a shotgun at close range. He's found with change scattered all around him, and they assume he was murdered for robbery. Um, so they start talking to the wife and she's like, it's odd that robbery was the like suspect reason for this murder because truckers never carry much on them and he never did either. Um, but they tracked his location and at 5.45 PM, he was getting a toll ticket, uh, showing where he was at. And then he communicates over his radio his CB radio, uh, that he's going to pull over at a rest, rest stop coming up to call his wife. Um, I think he also had two kids. This one's so sad. Um, he walks up to the phone booth and is shot point blank through the chest. Um, they said that the killer only took his wallet and his keys to his truck, and the take was no more than $25. Someone shot this man for $25. Anyways, um, so they started putting out, uh, like, notices in trucker magazines and stuff, and other truckers began, uh, identifying a brown Ford Pinto equipped with a CB radio. Uh, the Pinto was seen trying to run trucks off the road, and they would get onto his, like, CB radio track. I don't know if that's what you call it. Uh, and they were like, hey, you need to calm down, like, chill out, man, you're really driving like a maniac and the guy in the Ford Pinto would threaten them that they would kill them like they had done to another trucker. Brown um, Ford after... Pinto. Yep. A brown <laughs> Ford Pinto. Do you know what a Pinto looks like? Because it's the size of my pinky. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they would like get really close to him and start like getting really aggressive over the radio. Anyway, so uh, after the notice was put out, uh, a guy, a trucker, uh, contacted local authorities, and he said that there was a, his word, said that a trashy-looking woman was uh, hop, was hopping up to truckers' windows at a rest stop and asking for dope. She said that she just needed a hit or money to get a hit. He, like, he turned around to grab his gun because she wouldn't leave him alone, and she started climbing into the truck, begging for dope. That was no easy feat. Um, yeah. Uh, through the window. So after he scared her away, she hopped into a brown Ford Pinto. And they were never caught. They don't know who she is. There was no update. Only one of these has an update, unfortunately. So, well, unfortunately, it ends good, though. Um, and then the last one I'm going to talk about is called Missing. Uh, it happened in Bloomington, Indiana, once again, no year, uh, but at 9 a.m., 19-year-old Jill Berman leaves her house for a bike ride before school. She's a business major at the University of Indiana, and people describe her as a 
fun-loving all-american girl her parents become worried that night when she doesn't return home her disappearance sparks tons of search parties including she was like a she was really big into cycling and her mom even mentioned that her friends didn't like riding bikes with her because she took it too seriously um and it was kind of cool because a bunch of local cycling groups uh, created search parties to search like kind of hidden secret bike routes that only cyclists knew about i don't know i thought it was cool uh, <laughs> uh later a man finds jill's bike abandoned in a cornfield um it's odd too because where the bike was found uh she was seen last seen heading south but her bike was found 10 miles northwest of her home which is in the polar opposite direction um a couple weeks later a walkman radio matching the description of the walkman that she owned is found randomly in front of a church um a woman uh picks it up and then sees a white pickup truck peeling out of a church park of the church parking lot um a year later in kentucky a female cyclist is found in after an attempted abduction in bowling green a driver intentionally hit the woman and tried to drag her into his car um luckily a witness stopped it from happening uh he did uh give a police sketch though uh but they couldn't find the guy uh for three years this was the update three years after jill disappeared her remains were found um a mere god like he said a hundred yards away from where her body was buried or for her bike was found sorry her body was buried a hundred yards away from where her bike was found okay uh, another three, this, after the, her body was found, it took another three years until the police found John R. Myers, who lived only three miles away from where her bike was found and her body. Um, he had had a fight with an ex-girlfriend and got frustrated and went and ran this girl over. <laughs> Jesus. Yep. Uh, and he took out his aggressions on her. They didn't give much detail, just said that he took out his frustrations. Anyways, he is sentenced to 65 years in prison. Well, I've been to Bloomington, fair. Indiana. Really? Yeah, my aunt used to live there. Ooh. Well, not a good place for cyclists. No, I'm just kidding. So I really love Unsolved Mysteries. But man, it is just like a whole bunch of bad news at once. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's fair. That it is. Karoo. This is awesome. I think this should be like our holiday specials. Like Christmas when we don't have time for shit. Dude, I'm a heckin' I'm a right now Google Christmas unsolved mystery episodes. There you go. I have I like a New Year's special planned. But I might need Maisie's help with it, so. <gasps> I love extra projects! <laughs> you sound like opposite of Sasha right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, you're gonna call me and tell me. Okay, you guys ready for the last one? Alright. Next. Woo! I was waiting for Marty to settle down because she started pawing at her bone, and I'm like, not now. Oh, poor baby. Okay, I great. I hear her. Okay, great. Good. So, Unsolved Mysteries, episode, nope, season 8, episode 18, your host is Dennis Farina. Um, I don't remember the other stories because I just kept watching this one over and over again so I could get the facts right as much as possible from one YouTube clip. So cool. wait, I have a question. Yes. 
So when Dennis started taking over, did they just take the same Unsolved Mysteries? So that's what I think, yes. Yeah. Because the one that Violet explained, like, I know I've watched that, but not Dennis. It was with Robert. Yeah. So I think I read somewhere that uh, when Dennis took over, it was essentially, like, a best of. But it's weird because it was said in, like, it was season three. But when I looked up the episode, like I said, that I had just watched on Wikipedia, it was totally different. And it was yeah, with like Robert. A intro and everything. Yeah, yeah. But it's the same song, I think. Well, like, wow. mine didn't even have the same, like, cases. I looked up season three, episode 16, oh. and it was something totally different. Oh, damn. Way to fuck with us on Solved Mystery. But yeah. that's, like I said, that's the one I picked because I remember I was going to do Lizzie Borden and hers was the episode right before it, but there were, it was complicated. I really struggled. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that, whoa, guys, what if it was like a parallel universe and they crossed over? I think that has to be oh, no. uh, Yeah, That's where my Slenderman episode got lost. <laughs> Yeah, the two different Unsolved Mysteries. You... Okay, season 8, episode 18. Dennis Farina, San Jose, California. This episode also did not say the year, so I had to Google it. 1978. Is that a thing? Do they always not say the years? The ones I watched, they said the years. They did on a couple of mine, but then, like, the one with the Jewish guy, they were like, oh, 1967. And then this one happened in 87. But <clears throat> in two, two or three of them, well, then there was a Mayan one, and there were all sorts of dates in that one, but that's probably why I quit paying attention. Uh, but yeah, so. I, don't know. I guess I just never really noticed how much they don't say and get away with, because it's Unsolved Mysteries, and you fucking love it anyway. Anyway, so, San Jose, California, 1978. Uh, Gus Hoffman, he's 20-year-old. He is a skilled mechanic, mainly for motorcycles. Um, he has a bike, but he's not a hardcore biker dude. Uh, his mom and dad didn't really approve of the bike, but he purchased a, um, vintage 1966 Harley Davidson Roadster for all you motorcycle knuckleheads out there. That's for you. Uh, like I said, they weren't, the parents weren't super stoked on it, but he, over an eight month period and four grand later, he fixed it up into mint condition. Uh, in July, uh, July 4th of 1978, he puts the finishing touches on his new bike. He is like, he called his brother over. He's shown his brother his cool new thing. And he's like, I'm going to go take it out for a drive. His brother's like, cool, great. See you later. Well, Gus disappears. Uh, he didn't come home that night and his mom, Rose, was super worried Duh. So she called the police, and they said to wait 48 hours to investigate a missing person. Uh, Rose was like, that's not good enough. And so the next day, she went out and canvassed the neighborhood. She asked friends, you know, if they had seen Gus. And he had a friend that worked at a gas station. I don't know his name. And the friend was like, yeah, I saw Gus at this red light right here. And he had... he." There was two guys on motorcycles, one on each side of him, and a blue Monte Carlo behind him. Monte Carlo, sorry. And the guys were, they had long hair. They looked like really rough bikers. They were also on bikes. They had all black clothes on. And the friend was like, 
they started kind of picking on Gus, and then they eventually got out, like, chain-link chains and started, like, hitting him with the chains at this red light in the middle of the day in San Jose, California, where everybody can see. California, and, what the fuck? I know. So Gus drives off, and the Monte Carlo and the two other bikers follow him. So his friend at the gas station tells his mom this, and he tells uh, the mom the names of the two guys, Michael Stevenson and Michael Hodges, and they were the members of a biker game called The Forgotten Few. So rad. Come at me, Forgotten Few, 1978. Stupid. So anyway, they ran him off the road. Apparently, I don't want to get into that yet. So the mom's like, okay, thank you so much. She goes to the police. The police are like, okay, we'll check these guys out. So they try to talk to the Michaels, the two guys on the bikes, and they're not talking. And so they try to talk to other members of the Forgotten Few, and they talk around at, like, bars and stuff. And nobody's talking to anything because everyone's scared of the Michaels. This this is the collective name I'm giving them because they're idiots. So the mom is like, this isn't going how I thought it would go as fast as it would go. So I'm going to go undercover. That's right. The mom, Rose, Miss Suburba, suburban oh. of San Jose, California, goes undercover with her friend, Carol. I love it. Rose and Carol on an adventure. It gets, 10 out of 10 would watch Undercover Mom if it was a hit Showtime series. Yes, 100%. It gets better. First of all, I will screen cap the actress that plays Rose because her hair is mighty, mighty, mighty. It is not, it is a force to be reckoned with on its own. But they interview, they're interviewing Rose on Unsolved Mysteries and she's like, so I just had, I had to go do it myself. So she's like, I put on tight pants, tight jeans. I had on um, a blazer, bracelets. I got my hair up real big, and she's like, "I just tried to be tough." And she just Sandra deed them. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So her and her friend Carol go to over like a ten year period. Go to all of these like biker bars. They're showing pictures of Gus. They're like, "Have you seen him?" They're pretending to be rough. They're they're like wheeling and dealing in this like money stuff, and they're just into it. They're into it hard core so they interview her friend carol who is like i would just walk behind rose and let her do all the talking and just let everybody know that i had a loaded gun on me and i was like wait a minute what and then she goes of course it wasn't loaded but nobody knew it (laughs) my gosh like these whimsical creatures (laughs) so carol's walking behind rose she's like three feet taller than her as her bodyguard, and she just got this gun on her belt that's not loaded, but try her. Somebody Sasha, try. can we cosplay <laughs> Carol and Rose? 100. <laughs> so, um, overall, it takes 10 years for them to get any new information out, but before that 10 years are up, they're undercover, they're, you know, asking all these questions and stuff. Well, Rose isn't really getting anywhere because the Michaels are still you know, scary to a lot of people, whether they're in that particular Forgotten Few gang or not. So Rose hires a PI that specifically deals with people that are in biker gangs. And this PI finds a witness that knows what happened to Gus. And so they meet up, but Rose never gets to see the witness. It's all, it's like literally 
behind a curtain and it's this woman and she tells Rose that her son is dead. She tells her that when those guys ran him off of the road, they followed right behind him. So he was basically forced to go to Michael Stevenson's house and they, he parked in the yard. They like got him off of his bike. They wheeled his bike into the garage and then they threw him into the garage. And that's where apparently he was tortured and killed. Um, Rose is obviously upset. She tells the police there's still, there's not a whole lot they can do at the moment. Um, I believe at this point, Michaels have been arrested for other things. And um, let's see. Yeah. And then she kind of just kept doing it to see if she can get any new information. So in 1986, Michael Stevenson um, was killed during an extortion attempt. And so with Stevenson dead, investigators started to re-question some of the former gang members because it was 10 years later, like they, maybe they weren't in it anymore. And they started talking. And so they named Michael Hodges and Michael Stevenson. They said they basically, um, what's the word? What's the word when stories match up? Cooperated? Cooperated. Yeah, buddy. They cooperated yeah. with the witnesses story that the PI had gotten. And um, yeah, they were identified and they were arrested. So let's see, let me, I'm scrolling into the WikiLeaks because that's what I had to, not WikiLeaks, Unsolved Mysteries dot Wikia. That's dot what I used to. I know. So, uh, oh, sorry, hi editing, Sasha. Um, ultimately four people were arrested for the murder of um, Gus Hoffman. So you had Michael Hodges, Michael Stevenson, Richard Dollar, and John Steele. They were all part in getting him to Stevenson's garage and then killing him while he was in the garage. Um, Gus's body still never found to this day and all Rose really wants to know is where her son is. There, are, There is uh, rumors that his body was dislocated, but obviously there's never, there wasn't anything to prove it. They can prove though that they stole his bike and like broke it up, took it to a chop sh chop shop so they couldn't be connected back to them. So what was the motive? The bike. The bike, the 1966 Harley Davidson Roadster was a vintage bike, but he, he had, you know, made it mint condition with like right. four grand worth of mechanic right. work yeah gotcha that's what i figured but i i wanted to make sure since they took it to a shop shop yeah literally killed him over a bike and then took it to a shop shop but that is a story of a mom that took no for an answer and i fucking love that and carol walked around pretending she had a loaded gun and she didn't <laughs> Real question. How do you huh. become a private investigator that specializes in bike gangs? Um, you have to have 
I don't know about the bike gang part, but you have to have some type of military or public service experience. How do I... Well, step one, how <laughs> okay. do I become a private, a private investigator? <laughs> Same. Everyone just We're pictured Sasha like... Firm. Oh, murder blows firm. Dude, I, I would... Sasha and I could be good cop, bad cop. Cody and Maisie, research it all day. I'll be Carol. <laughs> I'll, I'll just be I'll Carol. Be Carol. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. I want to get your all's reaction to this this actress's get up because boy howdy. I remember this. I remember how she looked. Like she looked crazy. I'm expecting like a cooler like dog the bounty hunter's wife. Oh, I hope so. Because. <laughs> There's not too much further to go to get up on that one. I'm trying to get dog the bounty hunter. I don't know if you can see from that. Oh, that is tight. This is what my mom looked like. Oh my god, I have the... a friend's mom that looks exactly like that. Cosplay yes. plan cemented. <laughs> Who are you supposed to be, Rose and Carol? Duh. Is Carol the blonde? No. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, Rose strikes me as a brunette. Rose. Rose is a feisty brunette that didn't take no for an answer. She's just the actress. This is a, uh, yeah, this is not a real picture of Rose Hoffman. <laughs> but I don't know. Untold Mysteries does a pretty good job of, uh, picking dramatic reenactments. Yeah. We did it. I Look love at that. that. that I like this. Can we change our whole podcast? Whoa. <laughs> I think this week is advice again, right? Or was that last week? Things we like. It's things we like. Okay. I was going to say, I feel like I give advice a lot and everyone's always expecting me to pass because I'm not that <laughs> wise. <laughs> Wisdom has nothing to do with advice. That's fair. So I saw an article, this is what I like this week. I saw an article and you know there's I don't I don't know the exact source because there's a million articles like this, but it got me thinking. So the original article was millennials are taking care of their pets like it's their first child. And then it goes on to be like they're waiting to get married and they're saving money for their houses and stuff like that. And it like just responsible made, fucking adults. It yeah, just thank made, you really excited for our generation to get older and to see what our lives are like when we're old. Does that make sense? Like for us to be kind of in some power. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if we were older? Not like older. older and but... Donald Trump wasn't president. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I we mean, could... I... I've done a whole episode without saying a word about that man being afraid of rain and his fake tan washing I had to unfollow him on Twitter. Oh, I never followed him. Yeah, I did that a long time ago. Like, mm -hmm. after he tweeted about the fires and being California, oh, in California, I was like, oh, really? Like, are you serious? Because I'm pretty sure I blocked him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure Donald the day Trump. of the, I'm pretty sure the day of the election I blocked him. <laughs> um, you were like, you know what, Donald? You can never talk to me. <laughs> you blocked him like, I feel like exes block each other. <laughs> oh, my exes definitely have blocked me. 
That's funny. I just realized my sock's been inside out all day. Still does what a sock does. True. True. And that's what I like about socks. What do you guys like? (laughs) I didn't see this this sweeping movie. What movie? Did you? Oh, Freddie Mercury movie? Yeah, the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. You you didn't or you did? I really liked it. (gasps) Is it true they like... Don't make him gay. Not make him gay. Oh, that sounded bad. <laughs> they don't portray him oh. as a strong figure <laughs> in the LGBTQ plus community. I'd really pick up the pieces. I mean, I comes to wrong, but he does kiss two different guys in the movie. So okay, someone said that like Remy Malik was in an interview and he's like, "Oh, Freddie Mercury's not gay," and I was like. I mean, he was obviously gay. <laughs> I mean, that was my thing. It was like, well, but I was just curious. I still want to see it. I went and saw Halloween again, so I have no room to talk. Everyone, we literally went to the theater, my boyfriend and I, to see Halloween. Uh, my for the second, my for the second time, my second time. Uh, and everyone was going to see the Grinch, and our theater was near completely empty. That's awesome. Uh, but I do want to see Bohemian Rhapsody. It's really good. Sasha, are you really only going to like socks this week? <laughs> uh... <laughs> I mean, I'm not judging. I appreciate your <gasps> enjoyment of socks. I walked to work today, like I do every day, and I was wearing only tights, because I wear a lot of dresses, and I was like, it's cold, I should put on tights. Guess what? Tights were not enough, so I ordered a bunch of this really fancy heat tech clothes that uh, should keep me warm, and I'm very excited about them, because I got two, so here's a real life sad Sasha, but we're not being sad Sasha anymore, we're being positive Sasha. I haven't bought pants in like four years because I'm unhappy with my size and so I either buy them or I buy them in a size too small thinking it'll never like it'll encourage me to whatever not healthy so I bought pants that will fit so I bought two pairs of pants three pairs of leggings a skirt and a pair of shorts for like 70 bucks and I'm very excited damn what is this brand it's called Uniqlo and of course it's Japanese I don't want to hear it (laughs) but hey 70 bucks is 70 bucks yeah and it's so my thing the thing i like about them it's all basic solid pieces so it's like t-shirts in every color long sleeve shirts in every color sweaters in every color skirts in every color pants in like three different styles in every color and so it's like just nice to put an outfit together that's not super hard you want to send me that store yes because <laughs> yeah. i also walk to work and it's cold Another thing I really like, A, so they got heat tech. That's the thing where they traps hot. I'll tell you how it goes when I try it out. But the rumor is it traps hot air in the pockets so you stay warm. So it's warmer clothing. I don't know how that works. I didn't study science. Just keep Um, things in your pockets. (laughs) Nice. And then uh, the other thing I like is that I'm a short person. And it's uh, an Asian clothing brand. And so they make short people clothes. So I don't have to hem the pants. That is genius. Yes. me oh my god you have to send me that i will right now oh 
I think we're all pretty short on this podcast, though, Are right? It? I think you might be tallest, right, Violet? I'm 5'5". Five five. You beat me by a lot. Same. You know what is a soft mystery? You dress skin on your face. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. That was a very... Oh, damn. Upside down. You're Using really oil down. works in the upside down. That's... <laughs> wow. <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> oh, my God. I love the uni oil. That's what I'm trying <laughs> We almost got it, but I think we got it enough. <laughs> I love when you use ten percent off code with murder blows when you ten percent off. Fifteen. <laughs> I love that even more. <laughs> Blankslatelabs.com. Check out their uni oil. It's great for your face. Use a one day like me. They got some lip scrub. It's that time of year. You gotta yes. scrub those lips, and they have a body scrub, which, listen, all you have to do, this is, all, you, you're, picture it, you're in the shower, you're already standing there, the water's hitting you, you've had a rough day, get that, get that body scrub, scoop a little bit into that hand, I really like to put it on, like, my arms and my elbows, especially, and my hands, and then places like my upper legs and my knees, where I know my driest skin is like peak dryness. And you just let it sit there for a second, and then you just rinse off. And then you can still use the soap that you were going to use anyway, because those oils and those scents are going to stay on you, but then they're going to soak into your skin, and it's going to make you feel so heavenly and soft. And then when you get out and your hair's all crazy... You can hop over to ArcadianGrooming.com and check out some pomades that they got. And I got to admit, I'm like, I will not use a pomade because why? I have shoulder link hair. I don't understand it. I don't want it to be a grease ball. John doesn't know this and he would kill me, but he doesn't listen. So that's what he gets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, when my hair is wet and I don't know how you style men's hair, but when my hair is wet, um, I've been taking a little bit of the, um, clay pomade that we got from Arcadian and just kind of like putting it on the ends and especially in the winter when it's all staticky and shit, it's made my hair not staticky wow. and I'm very into it. So ArcadianGrooming.com for 15% off, you can use Murder Blows and then at Blank Slit Labs where you can get all the scrubs and the uni oils is, our uh, Murder Blows. For fifteen percent off as well. Confession, yeah. I, well, admission. I finally got the lip scrub inside of my mouth on accident, and it does taste great. Right. Um. And I then mean, it clearly says do not ingest, but like it's I not... didn't ingest. I just tasted and then rinsed. It's I know, fine. But it's I like a funny. wine tasting. <laughs> and spit it out. Mm-hmm. And then um, I also just learned that if your hair is like really thick and like frizzy. And mine's very curly. Um, you can use beard oil on it, and it might work the same way. So I'm going to try that soon. I'll report back. Ooh, okay, I'll try that too. Like it's literally the ends. I'm gonna go with ends, but like my hair is insane. I use like a palmful of. I only wash it like every four days. I use a palmful of product. Like it's still so frizzy and dead, and it's sad, and I get cuts. 
so frequently. So I'm going to try something. We'll just nourish the F out of it. See if it works. Yeah, tis a season. You got to do that. Yeah, my skin is so dry. <laughs> I just do. My hands are <laughs> donezo. Scruffy uh, hands will fix that. Scruffy hands will fix that. Arcadiangrimmy.com. We're both 15% off. Where can they find us? Anybody? <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, Reddit. <laughs> uh, that's it. But uh, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher. Murder blows everywhere. Murder blows at gmail.com. Murder blows all over the place. <laughs> Send us your retelling of Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> yes, that way I don't have to watch all of the episodes. Yeah. It's too many TV squats. true life. Thanks, goodbye. Bye. Bye guys. Yes. <sighs> okay, I'm, we're back. What's wrong? <laughs> you guys didn't ask me what I liked. <laughs> so just because you guys didn't ask me, I'm gonna give you a garbage answer. And I say I love Louis DiCaprio. Nice. Roll that outro music. <laughs> <laughs>